The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Let's talk about it with Janelle King. A new drug burst on the scene. This pill was promoted as the drug that would take all of your pain away. And many small rural towns served as testing sites for this drug due to several people in pain and, and injury due to them working in coal mines and mills. But what am I talking about? I'm talking about Oxy, Oxycontin. So Oxy for short is the brainchild of the Sackler family, which is under the brand of Purdue Pharmaceuticals. Intentions unknown, it became clear that the family took full advantage of capitalism with a healthy dose of personal greed. Countless lives have been impacted by addiction and drug abuse. Families were destroyed due to the careless actions of Purdue Pharma. In a time where socialism is actually being considered in America, is Purdue Pharma the perfect example of capitalism going wrong? While I have opinions um, regarding the pharmaceutical industry, that will be on another episode. Today, I want to unpack the idea that capitalism is the culprit behind all evil in business because it creates an avenue for companies to take advantage of the market and all of us. So to be clear, I understand how one who has been impacted by corrupt capitalism would think that the system of capitalism is wrong. Besides, we've all ran into a swindler a time of two. Let's begin by explaining what capitalism really is and what it does. So according to one of my favorite, Margaret Thatcher, capitalism is a system that brings wealth to the many, not just the few. My favorite economist, Thomas Sowell, said capitalism is not an ism at all, but it's closer to being the opposite of an ism because it is simply the freedom of ordinary people to take whatever economic transactions they can that they can mutually agree on. According to Merriam-Webster, it is an economic system categorized by private and corporate ownership of capital goods, investments that are determined by private decision, by prices, production, and the distribution of goods that are determined mainly by competition in the free market. Whether you're a fan of capitalism or not, we must start by getting the definition correct. Capitalism is a system, and yes, systems can be corrupted. But many on the left believe we should tear down the system and start over, while many on the right believe that we should all work together and that eventually it'll all work itself out as long as we continue to work the system. So I say, which side goes? Is there room for a debate? Because debating whether or not it stays or it goes, debate ends up lying dormant, waiting on the next thing to happen and confirming either side. It's just not the option. So what if we stop debating? And we stayed and we focused in on this as a discussion matter. We must take the concerns of both sides of the aisle seriously so we can restore a system that has been corrupted to its initial intent by removing the bug or issue causing the defect. But what is the defect? Here is where we are going to have this discussion. This is where we're going. The defect is greed. As a follower of Christ, the Bible is my guide. And it says that the love of money is the root of all evil emphasizing love. Just like Purdue Pharma, 
who has to endure the consequences of their greed, we must ask ourselves if greed has crept into our hearts. Unlike socialism or communism, capitalism removes the government's grip on the economy, allowing the people to dictate the free market with the exchange of goods and services. Those pushing to replace capitalism with socialism promote the idea that greed is somehow a byproduct of capitalism or a symptom of some sort, when in fact, greed isn't a symptom of capitalism. Greed is a symptom of poor integrity and immorality. To say capitalism is greed isn't possible. Now, what is possible is that people are greedy, that people believe that you can make money honestly without corrupting the system or that you can't make money honestly without corrupting the system. As human beings, we have the morality problem, not capitalism. If capitalism were the issue, we would lose all grounds to sue someone who conducted bad business. The system in that case would defend the person doing the wrong. Because in that case, the person doing the bad business can claim to be operating within the capitalistic system. But that's not the case. As a matter of fact, it's the reverse. Lawsuits are won every single day, not because the system failed, but because the person did. For example, in the case of Purdue Pharma, if the intention was to use resources to develop a medicine that will provide a better quality of life for many, then that's not bad. Luckily, we have a system, the capitalistic system, that allows us to do this and allows that to happen. Unfortunately, the system is just that, a system. It doesn't detect the heart of, or the personal agendas of people. It simply provides an opportunity to bring your desire to life. Every capitalistic policy is designed to limit corruption as best possible. However, it is up to the person with the idea to self-govern themselves based on their core values, beliefs, and what they decide to live by. The system will not govern your personal morality without your input or effort. Capitalism cannot be greedy on its own. Thus, the solution to fixing a corrupt system is to fix those who are utilizing it. Much like racism, greed is a heart issue. It cannot be legislative away. So somehow <laughs> you can't control the heart of man through policy. Only God can turn a stony heart into flesh and only God can fix immorality. Ignoring the existence of greed by blaming the system of capitalism is not the solution. It's an emotional response that amounts to policies that end up hurting several people. Capitalism is simply a method that allows each of us to participate in the free market. It allows us to aid in the country's economic direction if given the opportunity. Most importantly, the capitalistic system is the number one method of upward mobility for those born in poverty. Because of capitalism, the door of opportunity has placed this country in the number one slot. We are sustaining far past any other economic system that currently exists and will remain as long as we preserve this sacred right. I'm in the studio with Kelvin King to dig a little bit deeper into this discussion. Kelvin was born and raised in Georgia. He's an Air Force Academy graduate, an Air Force veteran, a small business owner of a successful construction company, former U.S. Senate candidate, wonderful father, and yes, he's also my husband. 
Together, we spread the gospel of conservative principle through our nonprofit, Speak Georgia, in every chance we get. Welcome, honey. Let's talk. Oh, man, that was awesome, Janelle. (laughs) You had me intrigued there. I was waiting for you to continue to go. Well, good. Look, it's a lot of pressure having you sitting across from me. I was looking for the, the the, the, the eyebrow raise or something to let me know I'm either doing okay or not. But you did a good job. You did a good job. <laughs> so let's, yeah, so let's get into this, right? So we talk about capitalism a lot. You're a business owner. We're business owners. So this is something that's really, really dear to our heart. So when you think of capitalism, what's on your mind? And, and then share your a little bit about your personal story. Well, I mean... To me, capitalism is just how we operate here in America. It's the best way to to create something of it of yourself. I and mean, when I was growing up, you know, we always wanted to you know be somebody or or make something of yourself, and that is the es- essential element of what capitalism is. It, it allows that freedom of opportunity, that freedom to pursue your goals, and that's what it means to me. And it's important to me because of where, where I started from. I mean, you you know this story too, but for your listeners. Um, I was I was clearly unplanned. I was born to a 15 year old mother um, about what 48 years ago, <laughs> back in '74. Barely. Uh, yeah. Funny. So clear, clearly, clearly, I was unplanned. Um, uh, thankfully, though, my my parents did uh, marry. They tried to do the right thing. Uh, uh, we moved from Macon to Atlanta. Unfortunately, uh, after I got here, uh, the wheels fell off the wagon in, in my family. My father started uh, doing drugs and. Uh, you know, domestic violence was in my home, and it was a bad situation, uh, especially for two kids. And my father ended up leaving. He ended up leaving, and you know, he got into drugs and was in prison. And it was just my mom, you know, basically taking care of us. But uh, my grandmother, she helped uh, from Macon. She helped send us some. She sent us money and. Uh, food and I was able to stay focused on my academics. I was a pretty good student, uh, which which allowed me to do some other things in in, in my life. And I finished high school with honors and um, got an appointment to the U.S. Air Force Academy. Uh, and my life changed at that point. I was an All Conference football player in college, and uh, I had some really really good good wins and uh, a lot of challenges. But you know, after I graduated the academy, I went into the Air Force, which is still not really the 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 free market, but I started learning a lot about business because I knew that the, my Air Force career wasn't gonna gonna last, that I had to leave and go into corporate America at some point, and I always had a desire to start my own business. I mean, that's one thing that a lot of people that grew up like me, uh, some of the, the lower lower socioeconomic background folks, uh, you know, starting your own business was that you know was the the holy grail. That was how you're gonna get out of the hood, and that was uh, you know always a dream of mine as well. So. I knew I was going to leave the military and go into corporate America. So I had to learn as much as I could about, about business, but that's where the gulf was. Cause I didn't know anything about business. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to learn a lot from scratch and, uh, I get skin my knees a few times trying to learn business, but it's, you know, it works out. If you continue to put in hard work, it works out. Yeah, I think it's important to add to that that Osprey Management, which is your construction company, was not your first attempt at business. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Um, I, I thought I was going to start a business in, in, in lots of different areas, from yeah. investments to sports uh, <laughs> to, to real estate and property, and it, none, none of them worked out. Mm-hmm. And uh, my fourth attempt was with a construction <laughs> company, and it, tend to, it tended to work out fairly well. <laughs> It did. It did. Okay, so last night we were watching this documentary that's on Hulu called 
um, the scary S word. And this was um, academia's attempt to try to explain to us that socialism is somehow beneficial. There's no example of it actually working, right? Right. But However, they there was a lot in that documentary, right? I mean, it was just kind of, you know, there was bits and pieces of things that I guess people could take. But, I mean, it just didn't tie together. They left a lot of things out, you know. But I brought that up because, you know, I feel like the Democrats... They, 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 and not just Democrats. I'll say, I'll say progressives that are pushing this socialistic agenda mm-hmm. because not all Democrats want that. The Democratic Socialists. That's what they call themselves oftentimes. Right. Too. Right. So okay, that's what we'll call them the Democratic Socialists. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like they, and I feel like Biden is trying to, um, you know, bend to both sides. Now, President Biden, whenever we're talking about inflation, these gas prices, he tends to make comments that comes down hard on the gas station owners. Can you explain to our listeners as a business owner why that is extremely detrimental and that why he needs to be careful doing that? Well, I think it's because it's uh, it's just misleading. Uh, there's a lot of different factors that tie into pricing. Uh, the way we price in construction is based on a lot of different things. The cost, you know, cost of goods sold, you know, insurance costs, uh, uh, payroll costs, marketing, advertising costs. There's lots of costs involved in how you price a product or a service. And, and by simplifying it the way President Biden did, I think it's unfortunate, it's misleading, and I, and I think it's detrimental uh, to to our business community and to our American citizens. You know, capitalism is a word that I wasn't that familiar with growing up, you know. In fact, I think a lot of people aren't familiar with the word growing up. And I think that we allow media and and, and, and the left-wing movement to kind of bastardize the word and make it sound like it's something that's negative or that it's that is stifling for our growth or that it creates inequality and you know blah 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 and it, it couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, our our economy is a market based economy. Uh, it's actually a mixed economy. You 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 have a, a planned economy which is more socialism and communism than you have a a uh, a market based economy which is more capitalism. But we have a mixed economy where we do have governmental regulations and policies involved that impact the ability for free trade to occur. And I think that is a healthy mix. But when when government becomes too involved with our day-to-day operations, meaning gets too involved with private industry, with, with, with corporations, that sort of thing, that's when you create inefficient economies. And that's what we're seeing right now, especially when it comes to our energy. We're not allowing our energy production to occur. It's creating ripples and, and, and increases and just imbalances in how pricing works. And it doesn't allow competition and free market principles to, to reign supreme. So that's really the issue. Absolutely. So, you know, another thing that we were talking about um, in, in associate, I guess associated with what you were just saying is that um, the free market is open to everyone. But there's this assumption that it's only open to the top one percent. And and last night we were talking, and I said, remember, we were we were saying that some when you look at the top one percent, there's this this there's illusion that somehow they got there without having to get through other challenges, other issues, possibly other people, right? So it's like like all of a sudden they woke up and they're on the top one percent, right? Mm-hmm. But but it, it, it takes a lot to, mm-hmm. to maintain, right? It takes a lot. And we're going to get into the whole hours worked and all that stuff. But 
What do you say to people who are in your the economic status as you were in as a child who wants to be a part of this process and this free market and be a player um, but feel like there are things holding them back? Let's just say for the black community, a white the white man, right? <laughs> I mean, we hear that all the time, right? Yeah, it's always yes. the white man that's holding you back. Correct. What do you say to those people? I think it's just bad guidance, bad information. It's just a bad way, a frame of reference to think. I mean, I want to be part of that 1%. I, mean, I think anybody who wants to achieve that should be able to have that type of dream and, dream and desire. And, you know, the the reality is that there, there really truly is nothing to keep you from achieving those types of goals. It's only within your brain, within your mind, you keep yourself from achieving those goals. And, you know, what's, what's, what, what I like to use as a motivating uh, point is something that Dave Ramsey, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Dave Ramsey, but he talks a lot about stats of millionaires and such. And, and only 20% of millionaires inherited their wealth. So to me, that means that 80% of millionaires were just like me or, or similar to me. So that gave me the, the, the confidence to say, hey, maybe I can do this too. There's nothing that's limiting my ability to achieve the goals that I have. I would never allow anybody else, and to use your term, you know, growing up, you know, it was it was the white man that kept us back, right? <laughs> I wouldn't allow a, a white man or a black man or any color man keep me from from achieving my own goals. So, right. a lot of that is rhetoric, and I think a lot of that needs to be thrown out the window, and we need to focus on ourselves and 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 improve the value that we bring because that truly is capitalism. What can you bring to the marketplace that that people are willing to? to pay for or, or, or give you some sort of increased value for. That's that's capitalism. And the only way to get that is to continue to improve yourself, educate yourself, work hard, interview, um, and just keep pressing forward because the opportunities will open up and you will start seeing the benefits from all that hard work. So I believe that saying that someone, if you work hard, you'll automatically become successful is, is, is not necessarily correct, right? Because... Well, we'll get into that. But I want to know what you think about that. Because, you know, working hard is one thing. But does that automatically mean you're going to be successful? Well, I mean, I think you can also work hard in a, in a communistic society. You can work hard <laughs> in socialism. Uh, but I think working hard is a necessary component of achievement. So you you can work hard and not achieve, but you can't achieve without working hard. So I think that's why a lot of folks default to that phrase of, of, of hard work, because oftentimes that is the differentiator between you know the haves and the have-nots. I mean, I'm a small business owner. I'm, I'm, I'm not part of the top 1%. I'm working towards it, but I put in a lot of hours. And when I say a lot, I, I mean, I put in, I mean, a 40 hour work week is not what you do to achieve. I, I would go out of business if I worked only 40 hours. <laughs> uh, 80 to 100 hour work week makes more sense. That's what I mean by working hard and being different and achieving uh, far beyond your, your competitors. I'm so glad you said that because in the documentary, there was a school teacher who was saying, you know, well, if I go to work eight hours a day, then I should, you know, become wealthy. Like why, why I'm working just as hard as everyone else. So which which is always ridiculous to me, too, because I'm like, how do you know how hard someone's working? You know, 
know, Elon Musk, right? So I, I did some research. And Elon Musk, his normal day, and now, mind you, he's a billionaire. So, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit more extreme. He has a lot more responsibility, right? So he doesn't sleep at so, all. Right, right. right? <laughs> pretty much. So, but he takes, um, he said that there's no holidays. He doesn't take holidays. He works typically at, to 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, he is an advocate of six, getting six hours of sleep. He wants, he's like, you know, anything underneath that, you're not productive. So he's, you know, but he was like, it's not abnormal for him to work about 16 hours a day. He does. I think he said Monday and Fridays, he's at SpaceX, all the other, all the other day, five other days. He's um, in San Francisco at Tesla. Well, I think Texas now, right? Okay. So, but, 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 but that being said, you know, you mentioned the 80 to hundred hour work week. How do we convey this to people who feel like they're entitled to a certain level of success? Because that's what socialism is. It's an entitlement to be being wealthy and having a certain level of success without actually understanding what it takes to get there. Because in their mind, everyone, we're just sitting around drinking, you know, champagne and eating bonbons. <laughs> I think it's a lot of um, education or or allowing them to see what it really takes. I mean, socialism hasn't work to bring up the masses of people. There's no real world example of a socialistic slash communistic society where there's a lack of need or lack of, or just lack overall. Uh, capitalism, however, has examples of how the free market principles of capitalism, the freedom of, of capitalism, even though it does create inequality overall at the end, it does create inequality because we're not all the same. We don't always work the hardest. I mean, things, life isn't equal, right? So, but it does pull up more people out of out of poverty uh, than any other system out there. So the system is proven. Now, how do we get people to buy into it and stop pushing these socialistic agendas? Um, by more education and, and, and having our business community step up and having business people to to run for offices and, and and participate in our legislation that's how you keep the type of mindset that is going to be healthy that's how you keep it out in front of people and with me frankly i was you know we were we were so poor that you know, when i watched television those people seemed like they were in a different world but but thankfully my mother and my grandmother always told me that, boy, you know, you can you can do whatever you want to do or be whatever you want to be. And I I actually believed them. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I could. And I looked at ways to get to those levels or, or achieve those goals. And and I did the things that it took to get to those points. But that is not anything that's just unique to me and my upbringing. Anybody could do that in America. I don't care if you come up in a in a, in a low uh, socioeconomic gr group of, of, of white. Asian, black, Hispanic, or whatever, because black, Asian, white, Hispanic, they've all created success. And if one person can create success, that means someone else can too. And that is what we need to really do more of sharing. Let's share our successes and the hard work that it took to get there. That's the type of education that I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just going to school every day and reading your book. I mean, getting business people involved with our schools where people can open up their minds and see that, hey, those levels that I see on television, those lives that I see or, 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 or hear on the radio, they are achievable for me as well. So that's OK. That's great. I, I had so many thoughts going through my mind when you were talking just now. Um, and I was trying to think, where, where do we go in this conversation when, it, when we look at poor communities? Mm hmm. 
because um, the two things that popped in my mind was this. Number one, when I look at poor communities, no matter what your ethnic background is, but just poor communities in general, there is a sense of hopelessness that, that resides there. We know it. We've come from it, right? This idea that no matter how hard I try, I'm going to be hit because capitalism is working against me, that it's supposed to be for everyone else, right? But then you see immigrants that come over with 5 and $10 to their name, and now they have businesses, and they're protecting I mean, they're, they're providing for their families and so on and so on what do you think the disconnect is like why is it that poor americans seem to not get it but then immigrants come and they understand um i think it's a lot of different things janelle uh, growing up i had so many different people around me give me so many different types of guidance some of it are very very terrible guidance some of it was good some people said that you know the you know this system is against you or you you can't do this because of that or and then there were there was guidance saying that you no know, there there are no barriers you can do whatever you wanted to do so i think when you stop thinking um that others are responsible for your well-being and you start looking at yourself as the only person responsible for your well-being i think that that first breaks you from a certain type of mental constraint that is put on you in your upbringing. I, I'm speaking for myself because I, I've seen it and I know how those 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 mental constraints can, can, can be put on you by others. But when you look at yourself as your sole responsibility, win or lose, you're going to you're gonna typically lean towards winning and you're going to do what it takes to win. You're going to put the extra work in to win. You're going to you're going to listen. You're going to ask for help. You're going to do all that it takes to improve your position. And the beautiful thing about capitalism especially here in America where we integrate uh, uh, market principles, is that there's no constraints around you to keep you from achieving. However, when you become, uh, when a country becomes more socialistic or communistic or whenever the government becomes a lot more involved, it creates these barriers, um, not not just barriers to entry, but barriers for to, to, to progress, mm-hmm. uh, because you've got to you've got to comply with whatever the restrictions of that governmental policy or governmental regulation is. That's how you hamper growth. That's how that's how you kill dreams and goals and in, in, in amongst people by selling them the idea that socialistic equality creates a better outcome when that's clearly a lie. Mm-hmm. The best outcome is to lean on your own self to win or lose because uh, you and I talk about this a lot. I've learned more losing than I have winning. <laughs> and that puts me in a much better position to oh, win the too. next time. <laughs> I have too. <laughs> um, so, and you know what's funny is that when you, when you said, when you were talking about the outcome, right, I think people think that the government is responsible for your outcome. <laughs> Right? No, that couldn't be any further from the and, truth. It, is that not bizarre? That, but that's what I think it is. I really do. I think people think that the government is responsible for the outcome, that, that the government has endless amounts of money. That, <laughs> what, what does the government get its money from? I know, I know. It's just the list. It goes on and on and on. <laughs> for, for those who producers. don't know, it comes from producers, which are business people, which are people who pay taxes, and you know. Anyway, it's all of us. So, <laughs> yep. but you said that others are not responsible for your well-being. Well, what about when there are times where it feels like there's someone that if I don't get this job or if I don't get this contract, I mean, you do need people in order to become successful. So how do you separate that? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, we are a communal um, society We're I mean, human beings are a communal animal, right? We we need people around us to thrive. 
uh, we need people around us to, to help protect us. Uh, that's why we do have a central government. Our central government provides a common defense, right? So so we don't have a whole lot of individuals sitting on the, the shores of our, of our country taking turns watching over our country. We don't have that. We pay a military to do that. And that is these are things that we've agreed on. That's why we, we don't have a true free market laissez-faire uh, economy, it is a mixed economy because there are common things that we we need as a people. So, so I, I I say, you know, let's help. Let's have a bias to help each other after we've helped ourselves, because you can't create a a sustainable environment or a sustainable country where we're always expecting others or something else or different entity to manage, protect, control, take care of, or support us. The beauty of freedom is that you have the freedom to win or fail. And there's a degree of risk that comes with freedom. And that is the risk that I think every American would love to take is the risk that's associated with freedom. You know, I talked about greed in the beginning and as a component, as as one thing that, that tends to corrupt capitalism. I think the, the the brother or sister to greed is fear. You know, I think a lot of people are just afraid. They don't, and, and because they're afraid to go that extra mile, because they're afraid of rejection. Some people are afraid of success. Um, they allow that fear to hamper them, using your word, and to 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 put them in a position where they're paralyzed. And then when they can't get out of it. The next safe thing to do is to say, you know what, you're the wrong person because you went and got it because you weren't afraid and you stepped over it. But now I'm now, you know, sitting here paralyzed. And instead of me working on how I can now become more active and and, and produce, I then just sit there and start blaming you for doing it and not giving me what you've produced. That's socialism, right? <laughs> you just made a really good definition of it. And and that fear is real. I mean, I think mm-hmm. we all have it at times. <laughs> yes, um, it I can tell you opportunity after opportunity that I passed up or missed out on because I was afraid or I didn't think I I, I, I could do it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of it kind of makes me think about what you mentioned earlier when you opened up the show, when you talked about your faith. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you know, God didn't give us that 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 spirit of fear and right. and and. and you know, to to create a a, a society that is um, you know stable, uh, I think there has to be a degree of faith. I think there has to be God. I think there has to be mm-hmm. um, Jesus Christ in mm-hmm. our society to create that. Because when you leave it on, when you leave it to yourself, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to be afraid. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things that are not moral. You're going to do things that are carnal. You're going to do things that are are, are human, mm-hmm. right? So just like you said earlier, you know. Capitalism doesn't mean evil or necessarily good. Uh, Socialism doesn't mean evil or good. But the hearts of the men and women that manage these systems, that's where the the evil and good is. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we can make any institution evil. It's just that with capitalism, it allows freedom. Right. Yeah. So so I want to make sure I, I'm, I'm free first. Right. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, personally, I want to integrate that that degree of faith because life is no joke. I mean, life is difficult. But, yeah. you know, God gives us a roadmap of how to navigate life. It's called the Bible. And that's mm-hmm. the greatest roadmap that ever existed on how to get through this thing called life. Well, I'm glad you mentioned a book because as we're coming to a close, <laughs> I I want you to tell me. So I know I know I think I know what you're reading now, but 
Um, but I, I want you to tell me what is your favorite book that you can recommend to people um, that is associated with capitalism. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm reading Mere Christianity right now. I think that's the one you don't want me to mention necessarily. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you can mention that. No, no, no. No, yeah, that, yeah, that, no, no. I never want you to not mention Mere Christianity, okay? C.S. Lewis, is he's always welcome in here. Oh, yeah. But, oh, um, yeah, uh, but what, what book? There, there's a book that I, that I used to give away to people um, for the holidays. Very basic book that really helped me to understand how to basically count money, how to live below your means. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. Um, it's a really cool introduction book. Um, I mean, the, the the Wealthy Barber is a very similar book, and Rich Dad, Poor Dad is very similar. They're, they're all on the same uh, uh, uh uh, type of messaging, but these are the things that when I mentioned earlier, you, you know, we got to learn or educate yourself, Ed- educate ourselves with money, how money works, and, and it doesn't have to be that complicated. I mean, I tell people all the time, Janelle, and, and you've heard me. I tell people just live below your means. I mean, I know growing up, I was told to live within my means, but no, live below your means because what that does, it it creates a discipline in yourself. It creates patterns of of, of good behavior versus proper problematic behavior. And it creates uh, a resource for you to utilize to do some other things to build upon. So uh, that's my that's my short or long answer to your short question. <laughs> uh, look, the richest man in Babylon. I, I haven't read that. So when you look, you, you you've educated me. <laughs> okay, to all my listeners, as I close, I want to leave you with a thought. Number one, capitalism must be protected. Being an entrepreneur without limitations is the fundamental element of our country. There's nothing more compassionate than allowing the people who live in in our country to not only sustain it, but to participate economically. There's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing you can't have. You just have to go get it. And when you run into challenges, understand, nothing is worth having without it coming with a lesson. So I'm going to leave you with my favorite line from my favorite TV show, Yellowstone. There are those who win, there are those who learn, and those there are those who lose all the way to the grave. Remember, disagreement is democracy. Now, we've talked about it. Now you go talk about it. Thank you for joining us. Have a great day. Listen each week at thepodcastpark.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen and subscribe. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash john. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. 
Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon background screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com.